Well, hello there and welcome to Law Pod. Today we have indeed a very special guest and someone that I regard as a close friend and it's something of which I am still giddy about, let me assure you. But today we are joined by Balmain legend, Paul Sirinan. Welcome, Paul. Thanks, Lee. Nice to be here. Very nice to have you, let me tell you. You and I have known each other now for some time. I think it was the first time that you ventured out to Liverpool was with Stephen to sell me some membership <laughs> for the West Tigers. Yeah. And then we went for lunch. Mm-hmm. And I can remember, I still speak of that day, let me assure you, and it was my first entry into the West Tigers, which led to ultimately sponsorship. Yeah, well. On the sternum, major sponsor, and now chairman. From one small lunch, you, you put your toe in the water and then you've, you've jumped in, boots and all now. Well, so. I, can, I can thank you and Blocker for that. So anyway, look, welcome to Brighton's Lawyers and welcome to Law Pod. We'll start off with just a bit of background. Now, you and I have spoken about this before, Paul. You've got Viking stock in you, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, my heritage is Finnish. Yeah, Dad was born and raised there in central Finland and arrived in Australia. I, I think they used to have the, the 10-pound fares from, from Europe back in the 50s and Dad Dad found himself on there and came out with a mate and he, his mate took off to Canada but Dad, Dad decided to settle in Sydney and and the rest is, well, as I say, history. Yeah. Three kids later and grandkids and, and whatnot. Have you been back at all? Uh, I, I did. I went back two years ago and it was really, really, really special. I, we unfortunately lost Dad just before I went back and we, we ended up taking some of his ashes back and, and, and doing a little thing with a whole heap of family I'd never met before. There was probably about 30 or 40 people in the, in, in the countryside up in Finland, all, all his relatives, cousins and aunties and, and, and whatnot, and we, we had a little little service for dad and we sprinkled some ashes they love coffee in Finland they're, they're, I think the highest consumer of caffeine per capita anywhere so we had lots of coffees and they got to meet the family how, how did you find that meeting the family because I'm very big on family and heritage and the like and I really enjoy the travel and meeting family that you don't know of and extending your roots and your family tree how did you find that good it was a little bit dawning I mean the younger ones spoke plenty of English which was good there's still two of dad's sisters dad was the youngest of, of eight so there's still two sisters living, and they both attended. They haven't moved too far. They're only, only within sort of 30 miles of where they grew up. So, and they've, they've raised their families and children and grandchildren there too. But it was a wonderful experience. I, I, I just I remember talking to someone about 10, 15 years ago, and they, they said you've you've got to go back home and see your, your heritage and, and whatnot. So I spoke with Dad, and, and yeah, Dad was was planning on coming with us until he got sick just before we went over. Okay. So are they Syrians? Yeah, well, Syrians. There's, there's a range of, and the Finns all end with N E N. Of course. So, so you so, know, Rakkonen and Hakkonen <laughs> and Syrinen and all traditional Finnish names. Yep. So, yeah, a lot of Syrinens around, all scattered throughout Finland. And how many of the Syrinens in Finland look like you? Lucky for them, not too many, <laughs> Lee, but uh, no, there are different shapes and sizes. So your height and your size, though, Paul, are your father's side, you think, or your mother's side? or a bit of both, yeah. Yeah, my grandfather was a... Uh, was a policeman. He, he was a big fella too. You might give thought to doing your DNA test. I did mine recently. I won't disclose the results for uh-huh. publicly, but it is eye-opening. Let me assure I, you. I yeah. did the same. I did the oh, same. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. So I've got a bit of a bit of Greek yeah. her- heritage too. My, my well, everyone does, Paul. My great grand. <laughs> Everything, everything started with the Greeks, of course. Yeah, nothing, ex- nothing existed yeah, before yeah. them. I'll, I'll hear from the Egyptians now uh, and the Phoenicians. Oh, yeah, Phoenici- and the Phoenicians. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but, um, so a bit yeah, of Greek. Yeah, a bit of Greek, but uh, I think I was sort of fifty or sixty something percent Finnish, and okay. and then you know throwing a bit of the English and Scottish, and hundred percent, hundred percent Australian. There you go. Uh, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> now you mentioned your grandfather, who was mm-hmm. a policeman mm-hmm. in Sydney. Yep. Okay, well, that obviously had an influence on you. It did, it did. That yeah. was your first vocation. It, it was, and, and it's something, I guess, like most kids, you know, we, we, we grow up dreaming of 
careers and, and whatnot. I reckon by the time I was about 10 or 11, I, I had it all worked out, Lee, that I, I wanted to join the police force and, and, and play first grade rugby league. So I was very fortunate to do both and really enjoyed my time. I was one of the first classes to go through Goulburn when the, the academy opened up down there and had a great time and, and, and was stationed to, of all places, Balmain. Balmain, oh, okay. Balmain okay. Police Station yeah, when, I, when, I, when I came through. How long were you a police officer for? Oh, look, I just did my, my constable first class exam, which is about five years. I took some leave without pay just at that stage of my f- football career a lot of travelling, going into camp for you know a week here, and you know tours were two or three weeks long. So took some leave without pay and never went back, unfortunately. But, but s- certainly considered it. Did you give that up because of rugby league? I probably did. Yeah, okay. yeah. Things just got too hard. I, I, I was still doing shift work when I was playing too. So all my work colleagues back in the old number eight division days were, were fantastic. They used to cover for me. But you found when you're you know you're having a little sleep on night work because you had to play football the next day was not not the ideal preparation. Now you said by ten or eleven years of age you knew that you wanted to be a policeman and a first grade rugby league player. So you were playing rugby league at that time. I was, yeah. How yeah. how young were you when you, you kicked off? Like a lot of kids, I, I think local team was short on numbers. They got dragged along as a seven year old in, in the in the Balmain Junior League as a, as a club called the Glazeville Bowling and Sports and kind of filled in f- for numbers, you know, ran the, ran the wrong way and you know, scored a try on my own, own try line first game and, and whatnot. But yeah, it was one of those things back in those days too, Lee, that full-size football, full-size field, 13 aside, so it was a little bit stranger than the rugby league today for mini league. But look, yeah, some, again, some really fond memories of, of those days. All right, well, we'll come back to rugby league shortly, but there was a diversion at one stage into American football. Now, I think most people know about that. And in fact, a few years ago, I think two college teams came out to Australia, which I sponsored at the time, and mm-hmm. you were my guest in the suite. Yeah. You looked after us because I remember clearly you ordering Krispy Kreme donuts for everyone <laughs> and had them, had them delivered to ANZ, <laughs> which was very nice yeah. of you. All right, explain to me American football. I'd made the Australian schoolboys in my last year of, at, at Holy Cross College, my last last year of footy. And I think previously, Colin Scotts, who was at Scotts College, was a really good rugby player, schoolboy rugby player. And, and Colin had been been scouted to go over there to Hawaii and, and made a really good fist of it. And it, it was into his sophomore year when I arrived. And yeah, they're looking at, at I guess, you know, I mean, the the catchment area for, for Hawaii is all, all the Pacific. So, you know, I mean, the, all, all, the, all the islands, you know, your, your Tongans and Samoans are all built for American football, but they, they sort of ventured into Australia and had a look yeah. too. And an opportunity came up and within sort of three months, I was I went from, you know, finishing year 12 and I was sitting at the Aloha Stadium watching the, the Pro Bowl game over in Hawaii in, in the January. So it was it happened really quickly. And yeah, but again, what a, what, a, what a great life experience for a young fella. Oh, absolutely. And you were offered a scholarship through yeah, University I was. of Hawaii? Yeah, yeah I, I was, yes. Yeah. It's Five years of schooling is your scholarship, but you only play for four years. So I was I was redshirting a year, which means that you, you sit one season of football out. I was learning learning the game and how intricate it is. Yeah, it, it was it was a great opportunity to, to to go over there and experience that. But I, I soon learned after after several months that you know I, I mean being a defensive tackle didn't get the opportunity to run, run the football or you know pass the football, kick the football, that sort of thing. So decided to come home halfway through my. My tenure over there. Yeah, well, I think that was a wise decision. I mean, I've been to a couple of NFL games. It's an exciting event, and it really is an event as such, but as to a game and a product, it, it takes a little bit of getting used to. It really is something very different to what we're used <laughs> something to. Something you've got to be born and raised I, with. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that, that's right. All right, well, obviously you played as a Balmain junior mm-hmm. and then graduated through the ranks. I did. Okay, and then debuted for Balmain in what year? 1986, okay. yeah, yeah. So played some lower grades in 84 when I came home from Hawaii and then 1985 primarily played reserve grade all year. So there was a really good grounding and, and played played reserve grade and third grade those days 
which was an open age third level competition. But got to play with some, you know, I was a nine year old front row, Neil Whitaker, who was a former chairman of, of, of Balmain Tigers, Neil and, and, and the boss of the rugby league too at, at one stage. Neil, Neil was my hooker and he was 28, 29, but re- really good grounding for, for a young fella playing with those those older guys and, and they, they, they sort of looked after me a bit. And the opportunity came up round two of 86, block a Unfortunately, had a, had a run-in with a referee in round one, was suspended. So my opportunity came in, in round two of, of 86. Okay. I read somewhere recently, I'm not sure who it was, they were talking about back in the day, there was a real division between first grade, reserve grade, the juniors, that the reserve grade team didn't train as much, for example, with the first grade boys. There was a real elevation between the two. Because today, of course, in an NRL club, you're talking about the top 30 and there's a real overlay between first grade and the Canterbury Cup teams and the like. Is that how it was for you, though? I mean, you had you were in reserve grade, say, in and then you've got first grade and they completely separated it's something that you aspire to oh no look look we, like most clubs in the 80s like we, we, we had uh, Tuesday night was it was club training night so you, you had the f- first grade second grade and then third grade or, or 21s 23s president's cup whatever it was so all, all, all the players were quite familiar with each other You're the top two grades but Tuesday night catching staff would come and say he's a first grade side for this week and then his second grade, third grade side. So then you, you kind of split on that Tuesday night. First grade would train different times and sometimes different nights from the reserve grade and third grade. But yeah, we're, we're all based at Leichhardt and all, you know, that's what Leichhardt looks so bad in the, the 80s, mate. The wear and tear it copped. Okay. All, so all, all grades training on there. So you step into first grade in 1986. Blocker wasn't there, of course. He missed your debut. He did. Junior. <laughs> junior would have been there. J- junior was there, yeah. Junior. Um, Benny. Benny, Benny. Benny was, was there. there. Gary Jack. Yeah, the, the nucleus of that really good Balmain side had been together probably 12, 18 months. All, all those young fellas were coming through. And I, I, I really thought it was going to take take a while for me to crack it good mm. because you know we, we had a pretty good pack of forwards too in that, those days and you know opportunity came up and well who took you under their wing though who was the influence on you when you step into first grade for the first time once we got out in the field I, I could handle myself but the big block looked after me a little mm. bit too I, I, I dare say I've seen you boys together socially and you are all very very good friends as tight as four blokes and five blokes can be did that friendship have its genesis back then when you started playing is it something that evolved over time or did you know that these are the boys that I'm going to be friends with for the rest of my life I think guys that you sort of go to put it one way go in a battle with you know and, and, and I played a lot of my career with those four or five guys so I, I, got, I got to know them real well we socialised outside of football as well which was important and we had a sort of impact on each other's families growing up that's one of the great great legacies out of, of playing the league is, is a friendship you and, and regardless if you play with a guy 10 years at club level or, or, or play 10 or 20 rep games you know you there's a special bond it's a mm. it, it, it's kind of an unspoken bond sometimes but you, you won't see a guy for several years but as, as soon as you see him you know, your face will light up and go you know all the memories will come flooding back well it's moved on from your generation into the next because i know that liam roach and mitchell pierce and curtis are all very very good friends <laughs> They are, isn't that? Yeah, yeah well, it's, that's, a, it's amazing, isn't it? It is, yeah, and it's a it's a lovely story too. And I'm 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 just pleased that they're all look out for each other and whatnot. They've, they've all had their you know ups and downs and bumps in the road, but mm. as we all do, no, it's, it's lovely to see that next generation all come through and play a bit of footy together. Well, in '86, of course, you take out the Dallium Rookie of the Year in your first year, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a quick rise, I, I guess, Lee, from from reserve grade to to, to that. But yeah, look, I, I, as I said, I, I play with a great yeah with a great side too, and if you ask a few of those guys who I play with that, they probably said they did all my tackling for me mm. and I was nice and fresh to run the footy when it, it counted, you know, so mm. there's always yeah, benefits from, from, from playing with good sides. And how soon your first origin after that? Uh, it was a few years, actually. Okay. I, I'd, I'd played I'd played in grand finals and played for Australia and a World Cup final before I played origin footy, but nothing really prepared me for state of origin. It was like you know, getting out of an ordinary family sedan, getting into a Formula One car, the speed 
speed intensity of, 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 of origin footy was was like nothing else and it, it hasn't changed today well it's genuinely the best against the best i was preparing a paper recently for chris lawrence and chris of course played for australia i think 10 mm. or 11 tests for australia but never played for the blues yeah, yeah. wow. It's something you hear, how you get elevated to test level, but not actually play mm. blues it's beforehand. A, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny, different different coaches yeah. have, have different ideas and different balance for, for football sides. And, you know, I guess sometimes when your club goes well and you go through to the finals and whatnot, you get opportunities to play for Australia if there's a tour on at the end of the season. There's probably a few few cases of that too. Okay. And you're still involved though with Origin and the Blues to this day? I am, in yes. What, in what capacity? Look, I'm the logistics, <laughs> logistics and equipment equipment manager but it's yeah so very exotic absolutely title. Yeah, it yeah. is absolutely no, no pressure uh, no coaching pressure no. at all but get to uh, have a great time it, it's, it's wonderful to be yeah, surrounded by the elite players and they're and they're all terrific fellas and I, I came aboard two years ago with with, with freddie and we won two series in a row now so I, just call it coincidence but no look it, it's it, it's been wonderful that we had the last last couple of seasons and fingers crossed we can get things sorted for this year as well no there is a, a real different atmosphere around blues time isn't there and i mean i've been in camp with the boys and like and i've seen how it all operates and one of the things to his credit that freddie has done is, is pull on the resources provided by former blues greats yourself you see trent barrett was there in, in camp on occasion mm-hmm. of course you got brandy there as well yeah. as assistant coach danny baderas and whatnot and i think there's something to be said about drawing on people who have been there and done it before yeah and I think to their failing, some clubs over the years have not done enough of that, drawing back on people who have come through the club, because they're, they're the ones I think who best represent the club and best able to pass on to those who are playing now their experience and mm. their understanding. And that can't be done by people who haven't been there before. No, no, that's 100% right, Lee. Mm. I, I, yeah, I can't argue with you. It, it, it's, 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 it's so important. And I mean, obviously, you've got to be fairly educated and, and, and know what you're doing too. But yeah, the guys have been there before and dug the well, helped help dig the well. Great to call on their knowledge and experience. And it, it's it's, it's lovely to go in and sort of mentor some, some young fellas too from time to time. Blocker was recently called upon, I think, to talk about some of the best players that he's ever played with. Now, I don't want to put you in a difficult position about the best players that you've played with because you played with some greats and whatever, but what about against? Is there anyone that stands out as someone that you've actually been up against who you thought was always a great challenge? Several guys jumped to mind, but I, I, I dare say as a young fella, playing guys like, I guess, Peter Sterling. Peter Sterling, he, he, how he controlled a football game in those early years, and, and Paramount are quite dominant, sort of the mid-80s when I first started. Yeah, I mean, later on, we, you know, we, we were fortunate to be very competitive, Bowman, the Bowman side into the late 80s. But then, I, I guess, getting into the 90s too, those good sides, the Broncos sides of the 90s were cracking sides but there's a couple of guys I, I, I wouldn't say I ever sort of feared anyone but mm. just re- just respected yeah yeah, yeah. S- several of those guys you know Les Davidson Dave Dave Gillespie had some some great battles with running battles with as, as a young fella Mark Guy MG too you know plenty of respect there the guys I play with you know I, I was, as I said and we've called me biased but I think guys like Wayne Pierce and Steve Roach and Benny Elias and Gary Jack are some of the best players of all time and I, I got to play with them in a, in a club side and, and later on a kid like Tim Brasher too was had a heap of talent too so Oh, no, no, I agree, I agree with you there. I saw Olsen Filipano on TV the other day. Did you play with Olsen? Olsen was... I played against him. Yep. Yeah. I, I think In yeah. a test match? No, no, no. Okay. Playing reserve grade Bal- oh, okay. Balmain versus North Sydney. I think okay. could have been about 85. I would have played Olsen. But yeah, but Olsen grew up around... He, he's in North Ryde where, I've, where I've, I've grown up to all my life. Lee and his, his son played played a bit of footy at the junior club I was involved with, the North Ryde Hawks. So always had a bit of a connection with, with Olsen. We've got some mutual friends and, and obviously being an ex, ex-Tiger, great too. And was fortunate enough to go to New Zealand as a kid and play Mangere East which was his junior club over there there was a, a bit of an association between Bowman and Mangere East in the sort of 70s so we used to travel over there 
I didn't realise until I saw this article how much credit he gets for opening the, the way for the young Polynesian, Polynesian boys, yes. yeah, oh, to his yeah, credit. Yeah. And well done, and very proud Polynesian oh, boy yeah, as well. Yeah, no, yeah. very good. And I thought, as I say, he was underrated. I remember there was a game between Balmain and, and South, and he put a hit on Mitch Brennan, I think it was, and broke, oh. and broke three ribs. <laughs> I mean, there was a, a legitimate tackle and just broke three ribs, just by the sheer magnitude of the force involved and, and whatever. You mentioned the Broncos, of course, great back in the early 90s and the like. We mm. won't mention them today. No, a different culture have, and, and group now. Have yeah. you ever seen a club under more siege than the Broncos today. It really is sad to see, isn't it? It is. It yeah, is. You it know, is. For, for a powerhouse club, which have you know, the, the, they've always been super com- competitive and professionally run, and it's just. It, and on the back of all the all, all the COVID stuff too, and the and the lockdowns, it's it's just a, it's a bit of a shambles at the moment. But look, they'll yeah, I have no doubt they'll they'll rise again. So yeah, it's a tough time, and we've all been through that. But sure, they'll they'll come through it. Oh, absolutely. And I don't think people realise too how much goes on behind the scenes. I mean, I had the opportunity to take on the chairmanship last November, and right on the inside now, of course, and everything that happens in that club crosses my desk, and so you get to see a lot of things mm. that others don't. There's a lot that goes on in the running of a club. A lot of difficulties, a lot of challenges every day. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, 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 yeah. When you're dealing with, you know, well, I mean, you're playing groups 30, 32, 34 young men. Then you've admin staff and, and management, and then you've, you've got the knock-on of, of, of other other feeder teams in, into there too. So I'm, I'm sure you're particularly busy, mate. Mm. <laughs> now, speaking of young men, you have two of your own, Curtis and Bailey, of course. Mm-hmm. Now, Curtis plays for Manly, and Bailey plays for South Sydney Rabbitohs. That's it. Now, they're meeting, I think, later this month, aren't they? I think playing each other. They're playing each other now, in a week's time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how, how uncomfortable does that make you <laughs> as the father attending those games and watching your two boys go at it. It makes my wife, Leanne, a lot more uncomfortable I than me, Lee. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, no, but our first experience of them playing each other happened last year and it was a, just a wonderful day. The, the good people at ANZ stayed and looked after us too and Curtis had a cracking game and Bailey came off the bench and the, and the Rabbitohs got the money that day but both got through injury-free. That's that's the first thing we look at, Lee, that, that mm. they both get through unscathed and, and then we talk about the game after that. But, does that yeah. make it more difficult, Paul, because you've played the game, you know what's involved in watching your boys play it. Does that, does that put you on edge? I'd probably get more anxious now watching than I did when I was playing, mm. without a doubt. But I, I think, yeah, I mean, once they're out there playing, mm. I, I think they play the jersey, play the jersey rather than who it is. But I'm sure there'll be some extra extra effort and a tackle if they do, you know, they'll, and they'll certainly come across each other for, for sure. But mm. no, we'll, we'll, we'll just keep our fingers crossed they both get through okay, and that's for the most important thing. Do either of the boys live at home still? or I've got ba- yeah, Bailey's at home, yeah, okay. he's, he's, he's still at home. But so he'll, be, he's, he'll um, be twitchy leading up to the week? It might be, but yeah. we, don't, we, we don't talk a great Oh, footy at home really you know from from time to time we'll, we'll, we'll mention things but yeah, by and large mm. he'll do his own thing do you watch a lot of footy though i do yeah yeah I'm, e- every game i'm a tragic yeah well yeah. if i can you try to yeah now you mentioned blocker of course and he has a large influence over all of us and mm-hmm. uh, he's doing <laughs> a, a lot of media these days yeah so what we might do is send this recording into fox or something perhaps as a audition tape <laughs> i mean i don't i'm in trouble <laughs> <laughs> no, no. all right well the last thing paul now you recently had cause to use they're the firm services. I won't mention the purpose of saying, but were you happy with Brian's lawyers? Oh, yeah. The, look, it was... We, the, look, we looked after you? It was a seamless transaction, but, yeah, I mean, lovely compassion shown by the, the staff I dealt with, and I, I'd, I'd thoroughly recommend Brian's to anybody. Paul, thank you very much for joining with us today. This has been a lot of fun. 
Thank you, Lee, and thanks for having me. No, no. So thank you all for listening again to LawPod episode 25 with our special guest, Paul Sirenen. If you have any particular topic that you would like us to address, do not hesitate to email us directly to lawpod at brydens.com.au. And as always, follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You've got all that, Paul? I have. Inst- well, Instagram? Almost. I've, I've, just joined, I've just joined recently, okay. so I've, I've got Brydens. Yeah. All right. Well, if you're out there <laughs> listening, make sure you follow Paul Sirenen on Twitter and Instagram and the like. Goodbye for now. Thank you.